everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. We're back for season five. Uh, uh, That's right. Uh, How amazing uh, is that? Five, five times. Five, five I can't time. believe five it, time. quite frankly. Oh, wait, everybody, let's high five. Like just bam, right there. Look at that high five. That was um, stupid. That was five bad. years of this, mm-hmm. three of them had movies come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this one will be better. I'm hoping we're doing, th- we're doing, we're going to do some fun new things this year. So, um, definitely hit that subscribe button. If you haven't done so yet, you can find that at so many sequels.com. That's where we've got a bunch of links to, you know, your favorite podcast apps, um, our YouTube channel, however you're finding this subscribe mm-hmm. to it and also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash so many sequels. If you want to support the show. Uh, we're going to work on building out some cool new tiers there and just, you know, find some fun ways to engage with people and offer some fun content. So what can they do? What's one of the things they can get, Josh? I think we know one thing they can get, right? Well, there are a couple um, there. We've got two tiers. We've got a uh, one we call producers, which is just one dollar. That's, that's like that's like a fifth of a cup of coffee. <laughs> Yes. Um, a cup of coffee it, keeps getting more expensive. It does, but you know, everything does. Um, with that, with that one dollar one though, uh, you don't get nothing. You get um look at me try to Remember? spiral into finding it real quick because we rewrote them the other day and now I don't know what they are. Oh, but it's a good, good offer, I can say that. Trust me. I, I don't know. <laughs> you get a for for a dollar, if I remember right, you will get a a uh, special thank you, a customized video from your lovely hosts here in so many sequels. Uh, and I think there's another element. I will say they don't what make tiers? it easy to find the tiers that you yourself created. So there's that's a, true. A small well, knock, but I found them. I found them. Oh, there we go. For the for the one dollar producer tier, you get early access to new episodes, most likely the day before they come out. And um, yes, a personalized video we will make. We'll make a, a video, the three of us or the four of us, if if Andrew's around, uh, we'll make you a video thanking you for joining. And then we have a $5 tier um, that is still in the works, but it will include uh, as, access to our Discord. We're going to have a, a, a Discord channel for y'all, and you will be able to nominate a movie for us mm-hmm. to review during our, uh, we're going to come up with like some kind of fan month or something, I think. Yeah. Or you can just give us heck for our our, our opinions. Or that too. That too. Or that, yeah. But this month, we're kicking things off strong with rom-com month. We figure, you know, it's February, Valentine's Day. Normally, if you've been listening to the show, we would start off with the Oscars. But the Oscars aren't until the end of March this year. So uh, we didn't want to wait that long. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so each, of us, do. each of us picked a rom-com to do this month. Uh, some of them are maybe obvious. Some of them are not so obvious. Some of them are questionably rom-coms at all. So uh, we're starting this week with David's pick, which right. is the 2009 movie Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Yeah, baby. Starring Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Garner. So not our typical season premiere movie. So David, tell us why you picked this one. Oh, why wouldn't I pick this one? Okay, because of- but why would you? Oh, okay. Well, also. I, I, let's let's go with why wouldn't I? That one's okay. easier. Um, no, it's a uh, it's so hard to pick a rom com for me because uh, I while I have seen quite a few, I would not say I have a favorite. Uh, and uh, you know the thing is, there was a string there 
in the early to mid 2000s where Matthew McConaughey was just Mr. Rom-com. It was just blah, 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 left and right rom-coms, right? And he had several hits and several misses, and he had several that people were divided on. And one of the ones that I always found the most fascinating was Ghosts of Girlfriends Past because some people like it, some people hate it, and and then there are some people who refuse to see it because it looked like such a nonsense rom-com. So it sits in that nice wheelhouse for me of like, an interesting discussion movie because I, I think there's a lot to hate about it. And I also think there's a lot to like. So here we are. Ghost of Girlfriends Paths is also an excuse of me to work on my Matthew McConaughey impression throughout the show. You know, you never fail to find a reason for that. Uh, so yeah, the Ghost, Ghost of Girlfriends Pass was directed by Mark Waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may know him as the director of such movies as the 2003 Freaky Friday mean girls um and then some you know some others bad santa too decent do what bad santa oh bad santa too yeah i wasn't gonna name that one and uh and also mr popper's penguins also uh he he was uh the the writing team for this is the writing is the people who came up with the hangover series fascinating and they also came up with the bad moms franchise and andrew one of andrew's favorite christmas movies office christmas party so wow, pretty, all those movies wow. are funnier than this one, right? That's a pretty crack writing. Varying levels. This. Yeah. Huh. So what a uh, what a you know it's fascinating when you when you get to know the people behind well, the project. And you know it's kind of a fascinating movie, isn't it? Not I'm not saying that in a good way. Just like from an observation standpoint, it's based well, on a Christmas Carol. Oh, very much so. Yes. Uh, it's not a Christmas movie though. No, uh, but it is it is based on it in the sense that Matthew McConaughey is this player guy who's against love and marriage and all this, and he is visited by his ghosts of girlfriends, past, present, and future, right? Um, to see the error in his ways. That's true. That and sounds. Oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna say that sounds ridiculously stupid on paper. So, what yeah. did we think? What do we think of the movie? I'd never seen it. You never see, so you guys never saw it before. I have. So I, I'd be very interested to see to hear what you guys and what I thought about it. So uh, one of you two, Josh, Garrett, whoever. Well, I will say that it was maybe better than I expected it to be, but it is not one that I would go out of my way to watch again. Mm. It's like, I don't know. It hits a lot of cliches about rom coms, which is both good and bad. At times, the fun, almost sci-fi element of the ghosts is interesting, Mm -hmm. but overall, you know, there's better. (laughs) What do you think, Garrett? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, you know, I was honestly very concerned. uh, (laughs) I was really concerned because I already have issues with early Matthew McConaughey, like early 2000s Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Uh, through no fault of his own, mostly through creepy people quoting him from uh, Dazed and Confused, just made me not like him. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault. Just I, the creepy guys that are like, I, I was like, my age, I heard too many creepy people say that. And so it just, and so when I went into this, all I could think was this is just an adult version of his character in that movie because he was just scum. 
And I was like, oh God, this is not going to be good. But they steered it. And I think that you can get away with a character like that if you make him a piece of shit. And they did a good job of making him a piece of shit. I never once in time like rooted for him. I didn't want him to be with a girl. He was not a likable character at any point in time. But for some reason, the movie still worked. And I think it was just because he was such a piece of shit and everybody knew it. Well, it was it was humorous. It was fine. Uh, but yeah, I probably wouldn't revisit it. No, definitely. It's it's it, here's where a bit for me, the way interesting part of the conversation comes in. OK, because the character obviously draws from uh, a Christmas Carol and Ebenezer Scrooge. And you can throw in a little bit of like, uh, you know, Benedict from um, Much Ado About Nothing. I think uh, in, uh, uh, from the Shakespeare play, which is this character who's just very anti-monogamy, very anti-women in general. Uh, well, not really in the in the being with them kind of sense. Uh, and it's amazing that Ebenezer Scrooge is a guy who's such an a-hole that he won't give to charity and says that poor people would be better off dying so they can make the population go down. And yet this guy is more unlikable. How did he pull that off in terms of that as a, as a, a, a frame of point, you know what I mean? Like a, 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 how do you get into that level of bad character? And it just kind of like, it's so funny because you look at the movie as it plays out and you're like, golly, this is like, this has to be like 2002, 2001. Like this was just, but no, it was not that long ago. This is 2008, 2009. And it's just such a, it, it definitely like has an early 2000s feel. Like you, you kind of like in our own memories, I feel like we were out of that sleazy guy stage by, by 2009, but man, then uh, we, some of us were never in it. Thank you very much. We went well, and I'm not saying that you, uh, the three of us were obviously, but just like as a romanticizing the idea of a guy who, is kind of sleazy like that. Right. Um, and it's, it, I think it's interesting too, because if you go and you look at Matthew McConaughey's filmography, this was like the last of those rom-coms. This was, this was the one that came after fool's gold and failure to launch and uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days and all the wedding planner, all that stuff. This was at the long list of Matthew McConaughey rom-coms. You know, the thing I'll give credit for is that, um, the big the big knock against romantic comedies and romance in general in Hollywood is that the leading male is usually really old and the leading female is usually in her 20s, you know, like in her young 20s. But um, Jennifer Garner and um, Matthew McConaughey are only, I think, three or, th three or four years apart, maybe five. So this is actually in terms of that dynamic, pretty reasonable, I feel like. And I thought that the movie did a, a decent job of taking moments from A Christmas Carol and putting them in the, in the, in this new perspective the idea of in the christmas carol you have ebenezer scrooge a moment lingering past when ebenezer scrooge would have seen it and him not wanting to see uh the effects of what his cruelness did and here you get that same thing with after he you know uh, ditches jennifer garner's character i think katie maybe uh and having to watch the morning after when she woke up without him. I thought that was a, a, a very good moment. I thought it was well played by McConaughey. Obviously, I still, I think the world of McConaughey as an actor, I think that he's got a, a lot of range. This movie felt like it could have been a Jim Carrey movie at times uh, because it was just so <sighs> middling in what it was trying to do, what it was trying to say. Did it want to be really funny slapstick or did it want to be like a really heartfelt examination of um a jaded person who's thrown a 
the, all these barriers. Um, I don't, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. I mean, middling is good is a good way to describe it because it doesn't really say anything. Um, it just kind of rides this line of mediocrity throughout that is, um, fine. <laughs> it's, it's not good or bad. It's fine. Um, I think, yeah, McConaughey and Garner did make sense together. They um, are both very good at what they do. So they, you know, they are likable leads, even when playing unlikable characters like McConaughey did. Um, So, yeah, I agree with you. I thought I was reading, um, getting ready for this, that this movie was originally going to star Ben Affleck in the Matthew McConaughey role. And the movie was going to be directed by, wait for it, Kevin Smith. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, we're seeing a much different version than the one maybe originally thought out. We got Jersey Girl instead, boys. We got Jersey Girl instead. Yeah. You know who actually I thought did a pretty good job in this movie was Breckenmeyer. Yeah. Um, He didn't, I mean, he didn't have a lot to do, but he was that emotional center uh, for Matthew McConaughey's character. I mean, he was the one that really helped kind of spearhead that. Um, he saw the the pain that he caused um, Jennifer Garner's character, but he, hearing his brother defend him when everybody else was trashing him, um, and then that moment whenever his whenever Brecken turned on him because he was like, I can't do this anymore. Those are really strong moments, I thought, that added to that uh, character. Yeah, I don't think the movie really says anything. I think it is just meant to be a funny rom-com. I don't exactly know when it came out, but it wouldn't surprise me if this was just some movie that came out to capitalize on Valentine's Day. Um, oh, um, we'll get to that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, though, I hope so. If, but uh, whatever. If you're going through life and your emotional center isn't Breckenmeyer, <laughs> you're not going to make it anywhere. You're not going to make it in Bash. Like, Brecken Meyer. I agree. Brecken. Him and, uh, oh God, Zach Morris hanging out being lawyers. Brecken By the way, Bash. secretly, one of the reasons I took this movie is because it did star Lacey Shea Bear. And uh, uh, I also really liked her as as freaking out bride uh, throughout this movie. It, uh, yeah, Brecken is really good because Brecken has to take on kind of like three Christmas Carol roles in one. He has to be both... Uh, you know, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge has like a nephew who's like, come on, buddy, you're, you know, Uncle Scrooge, come ahead, come enjoy Christmas. And then, you know, when, when Ebenezer Scrooge is watching the party without him, you know, Fred's the only one who's like, hey, you know, I know he's a bit of a crotchety old man, but he's, a, you know, he's had a rough life, you know. And then he also kind of has to be Tim and Bob Cratchit, you know, Tiny Tim and Bob Cratchit. We're at the end of the movie, spoiler alerts. If you watch this with me, Elijah, we get this, um, moment where they we go through the future and uh Brecken Meyer ages quite quickly and I would never uh rudely or cruelly mock anybody in the industry for their work um but I did not think that the job that was done on the age makeup was very good for old Brecken Meyer it was very very um noticeable and uh, Brecken did not look good, but his little thing where he's the only person at at uh, Connor Mead's uh, funeral, and he's like, "I guess it's me against the world now." You know, it was it was, <laughs> it was bad. It was, it was bad. not. But you know what, though? I like. You know, it continues to be good throughout all of time. Younger versions of Michael Douglas. Yes, <laughs> always Douglas. looks okay. 
Michael Douglas doesn't is not aging. You can uh, young him. You can make him younger, and still it works. I also just you know Michael Douglas. I don't know how he is able to pull off that character. You know, Michael Douglas is one of the coolest people in the world, and there's no reason he should be. Like he looking at Michael Douglas, I don't think he was ever a ladies' man. Like I don't ever see that about really? him. Somehow, that never. is exactly what I think. <laughs> I think because of his style. I'm being I'm being very superficial, and I do not think Michael Douglas is an attractive man, nor has he ever been an attractive <laughs> man. Um, so that's why it surprised me. But he is always like, yeah, man, and he pulls it off, and he's creepy, and he's funny, and he is an enjoyable piece of this movie that I did enjoy. He has he pull he has the swagger. It's very much like a weird mix of Wall Street and uh, I don't know. I was trying to think of something else. Tony Stark. I don't know. It's very like very. It's all swag and all like you know. Now, granted, he does drop a uh, uh, an old fashioned uh, homophobic slur in this movie, but don't let that detract yeah. you from him being just like I don't know. It's like do you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? He's like Barney Stinson, but always old. You know, yeah, and uh, it's it's uh, unlike. I mean, like it, it, it's it's so it's. I think it serves to make you kind of want to like Connor more because, like, his uncle was so much worse. Um, but yeah, he's kind of in that. Um, oh gosh, what's the name of the character now? Uh, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Thank you. Uh, he's kind of in that Bob Marley role. Uh, from a Christmas Carol, where he he's the guy coming back and saying you're gonna be visited by three ghosts. Uh, Isn't it Bob Marley? I think, Isn't that his name? I, guess I always thought it was Bob Marley because Bob Marley or Robert Marley. I, it's one of the two. It was yeah, Marley and Scrooge. Because that book is clearly older than Bob Marley. But every oh, time I heard his name, I always the, made that association with Bob Marley, the reggae artist. Yes, so he's named after, I believe. Uh, yeah, I do think that that was the attempt to make Matthew McConaughey's character more likable. It doesn't work. He's still a garbage person by comparison. Um, yeah, I mean, by comparison, yes, I get it, but he still was garbage. You know, hopefully redeemable, but we'll see. Or no, we won't, but we can <laughs> pretend he was. Yes, definitely. Well, you know, and I, I mean, it, it all goes to like, it's this idea of kind of like uncovering. You know, I, I remember somebody talking about this, that the male, I don't know what's the word, hero of sorts, sort of has a, has shifted in the since the two like the early 2000s away from like your sort of like really like chiseled stone face no emotion tough guy right you're i got a child back there now um to now matthew mcconaughey it's not enough for him to just be that guy there has to be like a reason and we have to understand him you know like we have to get into like what made this person this way and there has to be sort of a vulnerability that he's holding back and that makes them I think it's for a rom-com <clears throat> that's what makes the male character more appealing to the female is this idea that there's uh, an, a broken unwillingness to have emotion that the woman can bring out. You know, I don't want to get too psychological or anything. Cause I have no idea what I'm talking about generally, and but I was watching girlfriend's past. But I, I was watching. I was. I was. I was watching uh, some some videos about the development of rom coms or romantic comedies or romance films over time. He heard himself back there, so that's going to be great. Are you okay? Sorry, buddy. Yeah, that's what happened. Anyway, 
Let me let me put out a quick correction that it is Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley, not Bob Marley. Bob, Mar- I was thinking not Bob, Bob Marley. Marley. Bob this Craig show, this show will not peddle in misinformation. No, no please uh, correct me. Only the I'm strongest wrong, fact I checkers. I am happy on our to admit we heart Neil Young. I changed my opinion. His name is Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley. I've been presented with new evidence. New evidence changed, has changed my mind. Fa- yeah, my I have changed my mind. We are not ideologues. You know what? I think it is Bob. We are not ideologues. I'm doubling down. I think it was Bob the whole time. That's not what I've read. How do you know it's not Bob? That's not that's not the information I've read. I can't prove he didn't go by Bob. He is fictional. We'll agree to disagree. Um, (laughs) Fine. (laughs) All right. Do do we have what else we want to talk about with this this movie? Um, let's see. Here. It did not come out anywhere near Valentine's Day. No, it came out in May. Not, yeah, when did it come out? Let's just came out in May. Pretty, do you want to talk about Emma Stone at all? I thought she was pretty fun. Always funny, always great. Always love. Yeah, always Classic. love to see Emma Stone. Stone. I'm looking through the cast here. If anything, I always uh, want her to have a bigger role. But you know, it felt like um there were certain characters that were like kind of meant to be bigger joke characters, like the like the dad who is the sergeant in the Marines, and like he has his. This whole like everything he does is very military. I couldn't. That like, guy was ridiculous. I did was not a, like him. Exactly. That was kind of like a jokier character that felt like it was held over from previous. Yeah, it felt like they didn't make him enough of a joke because like, I'm sorry, I couldn't I could barely look at him with those hair plugs and the bad dye job. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was laughably bad. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I got much. I don't got much else. You know, I thought it had a pretty fun soundtrack. There was a lot of like 80s. And, 70s you know you had some ario speed wagon you had uh you had cool in the gang you know so uh or you know pretty all right as far as all right all right all right music is concerned (laughs) but that's about it i mean the thing is i i just thought it was fun i thought this is a rom-com that is pretty pretty beaded on pretty beaten on and uh i thought it'd be fun to subject ourselves to it especially since I don't think either of you guys have seen it before. It was fun. I didn't, that doesn't mean I liked it, but it was fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is one of those movies that came out back in my movie theater working days and I still didn't manage to catch it. Hey, you know, that happens. Um, you know, it's crazy to think that, that within, within four years, within four years of this movie, Matthew McConaughey would be doing Dallas Buyers Club. Well, that was interesting because he he after this movie he took a break for a couple of years and then came back with more dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. I think his first movie after this was The Lincoln Lawyer. Lincoln Lawyer. Um, so he did a string films. of rom coms and he did some drama. Now, at the, here's 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 the thing I want to do. I managed to do this without seeing it. Um, I want to read some popular Letterboxd reviews before we guess the score. I have pulled them up without seeing it. Okay. With some with some magic hand holding, okay. uh, so just for fun, this this may or may not influence people's uh, uh, score guess. So number one, this is a one star review. <laughs> Emma Stone, sweetie, I'm sorry that you were dragged into this and had to play <laughs> this awful role. <laughs> uh, one and a half stars to fully redeem the character that McConaughey portrays in the first seventy odd minutes of this movie. The runtime would have been closer to seven years. Okay. Uh, One star review, absolute dog shit. (laughs) Tell us what you really think. I'm trying to find a good review. (laughs) Now you know what I can't. The whole the whole first page is one star reviews. 
Oh, you got to sort, sort by rated. Oh, oh that's smart. That's smart. Um, I don't get why everyone dislikes this movie. It's a great movie and has quality actors and a good plot. Five stars. There you go. Five stars. If I could give this movie 10 stars, I would. I think this is literally in my top three of all time. Wow. Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Garner are both so very hot. Perfect love story. (laughs) I don't deny that. Perfect character development. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Both of them are very attractive. And then one more since I read three bad ones. Uh, I didn't like that one. Hang on. (laughs) Five stars. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Rom-coms with Matthew McConaughey are superior to all others. Sorry, I don't make the rules. There you go. I don't make the rules either. (laughs) Um, Well, while we, so we'll marinate on that real quick. I'll run through these, these box office stats. I only got three for you. So uh, it opened May 1st. Garrett, it opened yeah. opening weekend of May. So this was a summer yeah, kickoff blockbuster. blockbuster season. Yep. And uh, you would get, as you could guess, it was rewarded handsomely for that uh, <laughs> placement. Hey, quit, you know, quit. they missed two golden opportunities, though. I'm sorry to jump in. They missed a chance for this to be a Christmas movie and they missed a chance for this to be a uh, Valentine's movie. How stupid is that? Exactly. You have You're two referencing- things to capitalize on and you throw it in May. You're referencing a lot of money. One of the one of the all time like you know quintessential, as it were, uh, Christmas stories. And uh, yeah, you drop it in May, so it opened uh, in the number two spot that weekend with fifteen point four million, um, and it didn't have a ton of competition except it opened against uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, which brought in eighty five million in its opening week. So uh, together, these movies uh, made $100 million together. They were, the, they were at the top of the box office. And number three, you had a movie called Obsessed, which I believe uh, is one of those crazy, crazy girl movies. Uh, at number four, you had 17 again, starring Matthew Perry and Zac Efron. And, I remember uh, that movie. I don't remember some, some other people. Uh, that was one of those movies you did manage to catch in while working, I'm sure. I did. And then at number five, you had DreamWorks as monsters versus aliens um, total. And this is uh, one of those. Here's another one of those things that we can always talk about is uh, these kind of movies don't really get made anymore. Uh, romantic comedy specifically. And Ben Affleck spoke about romantic comedies and why they don't get made very much anymore is because they don't make good international money They're because culturally, a lot of things don't translate. Ghost of Girlfriends Past made $55 million during its run in the United States and made $47 million overseas uh, for a worldwide total of $102.3 million. Uh, it would finish out 2009, uh, you know, in a, in a, towards the middle of the pack with, uh, where is it here? Uh, in about the number 33 spot, the number one movie of 2009, of course, Avatar. Of number course. Two, number two, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince came in at number three. Number four was Twilight, New Moon. And at number five, so you're only, so uh, number five, Pixar's up. Cool. And uh, the other film written by this writing team uh, was in the number six spot. That was The Hangover. So I'll, I'll drop that in there. So these guys had two movies and they, they hit, it, hit it big with one. So well, nice. do what you can. Okay. So now that we've had some time to think about it, what do we think this thing was on Letterboxd? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I guess we're at, we can all guess since none of us yep. have seen it. The score right. That's true. Um, well, you know, 2.3. Oh, man. See, I'm going to guess a 2.7. Wow, that's high. I was, yeah. I'm going to go a little under Josh with a 2.2. Okay. I think a lot of people rate this. Now that I've guessed, let me just open it up. Okay, what were what were our guesses again? Two point three for me. Two point seven for me. Okay. What was Garrett's? I missed. Two two. Okay. The final score is a two point four zero. Wow. Based on twenty five thousand ratings. A two point four. <laughs> yep. Oh, that means it goes to Josh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that means it goes yeah. to me. Womp womp. Do whatever you do. So we will. Put a tally down that I have claimed the first victory of season five. Ah, uh, food. 2022. That's super exciting. Um, I will say, I think, I think my final word on this movie is that the, the ultimate telling of a Christmas story or a Christmas carol is still the Muppet version. The end. <laughs> yeah. No one else has done it better. I think this one's gonna get a two and a half from me. I think, I think, I think originally I gave it like a three, but I think I'm gonna drop it to two and a half. Yeah. What are you giving it, David? From my memory and on Letterbox currently, I'd given it a three and a half because I remember seeing it two thousand ten ish, and I remember it remembered it fondly. However, upon watching it last night, I am gonna have to drop it. I think to like a two and a half, maybe a three. I'm gonna give it a two and a half. I think that is what I'm going to do too. So we are all three giving it a two and a half for, for various reasons. So that's always exciting. Yeah. David's came down a bit. Yeah. I do still think that I, I, you know, there's some fun stuff in it. There's some laughing at ourselves from a few years ago, kind of uh, humor to it for me. And uh, man, you know, you just don't see Christine, Christina Milioni often, do you? And I think that if I saw it, you know, when I was 19 too, I probably would have also liked it a lot more back then sure. than I do now. So mm-hmm. there is something to be said about that. So we don't even have to do an average, really. That's just two and a half for, oh, yes, that's for all of us. Um, so I guess that's it for, for the first episode Yay, of the year. How about wow, that? Look at that. So yeah, season five premiere done. Like I said, at the top of the show, we're doing rom-coms all month. Find us online at so many sequels.com. You can find our links there. And of course, please support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash so many sequels, or just download that app and search us there. Um, we'll be here all month long with rom-coms. We'll be here for the Oscars in March. A lot of fun stuff coming up. So subscribe, like, and subscribe. Smash. See ya.